Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sesternino here with a Survivor podcast for you guys here on a Tuesday, which we don't typically do, but it got to be the point in the season when it was time to bring in our friend AJ Mass from ESPN, who is going to talk with us about his 12 archetypes for every Survivor season or Fantasy League or whatever group of 12 people that you have. AJ has a system for it, and we're going to try to fit these current Survivors into the 12 archetypes here in this podcast today so aj is going to join us here in just a minute but we got a little bit of business we want to get through first because we have a sponsor for this episode so i want to thank our friends at draftkings.com of course baseball fans know that opening day is on monday so fantasy baseball is about to be back too and lots of people are winning big money at DraftKings.com, which is America's favorite one-day fantasy sports site. Now, DraftKings is celebrating opening day by awarding half a million dollars in cash prizes. So check out DraftKings.com. Last year, somebody named James Tran won a million bucks at DraftKings uh, in one day, which was probably a lot easier than going on any of these crazy reality shows for 39 days or whatever. So imagine winning cash every time you watched a sporting event. DraftKings is one-day fantasy sports. That means no season-long commitments, no being stuck with players, just instant cash every day. So it's easy. You could pick a team in 10 minutes and get your share of the half a million dollars DraftKings is awarding this upcoming Monday. So you can play for free to win real cash. Enter ROB when you go to DraftKings.com and get free entry to play in the opening day tournaments with over half a million dollars in cash prizes. So hurry. Free spots are going quick. Enter ROB when you go to DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. All right, everybody, I have a real treat for you this week. We have some bonus Survivor coverage coming up here. Now, every every season now of Survivor, going back to Survivor South Pacific, which was six seasons ago now, uh, we have been joined by this man. Uh, he is the author of How Fantasy Sports Explains the World and the new book, which is dropping now in a couple of weeks. Yes, it's hot in here. Adventures in the weird woolly world of sports mascots here is our friend making his i believe 10th appearance on rob as a podcast uh here is aj mass how are you rob aj i'm actually underselling you a little bit because i'm not counting your walking dead appearances so technically you have been on more than 10 times but this is the 10th time we are talking reality tv with you it it seems like only yesterday we started and 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 yet Many years ago as well. So (laughs) it was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so this has been uh, a lot of fun. AJ is a great friend of the podcast and uh, he's got he's got his uh, his new book coming up. But we're here to we're going to give us our archetypes of the survivor season. AJ, are we going to draft survivor teams also? Um, if you would like, we can take a little time to draft the team. We can, sure. we can draft also. Um, although, although the controversy on our last year's draft. Oh, tell I me about say. the controversy because I, I, I didn't, I wasn't aware of a controversy. I know well, it, was a, okay, it was a photo finish. You won, yeah, you won by one point in our little draft, <laughs> yes. and and the the turning point was a, a technicality on who played the immunity idol because technically Tyson played the idol for jervis 
Oh, uh, I see. I thought that the you were going to say the controversy was that the scoring system that we set up during the last podcast was you got a point for each jury vote. And I thought I had Monica Culpepper and I thought that the mercy vote from Vetus at the end when he's like, Tyson, I will not give you my vote. I give my vote to Monica. I thought that was what put me over the edge. Well, I mean, that, that would be fine. He, mercy vote. Hey, that's his decision. It's still his vote. Yeah, it's you know, it's better Thank than Greece in the pick a number. But uh, <laughs> no, no, Tyson, Tyson technically should have gotten the point for playing it because, you know, we always give Parvati the credit for doing the playing all the immunity idols at once, even though she didn't use it herself. So I, I think Tyson should get credit for it. Yes. Okay. I have Matthew folks who runs our fantasy league between AJ and I, uh, it was the final score was 56 to 55. Uh, yeah. And I did get the one vote, uh, from, uh, so votes in the final tribal council, I guess, uh, I guess it was two points for uh, a vote in the final tribal council. So then I, so I got two, two points from Vetus voting for Monica and that was the deciding vote. Ah, that's all right. Bygones. Bygones. It's a heartbreaker. That was a heartbreaker. It, it AJ. is. It is. <laughs> all right. All right. So AJ, uh, where, where do you want to start? You want to start with, uh, the, uh, do you want to start with talking about the, the archetypes? Uh, you want to tell us about, uh, uh, why don't you just give, give us a uh, real quick, what can we expect in uh, Yes, It's Hot in Here, which AJ was so nice to uh, send me a copy of. It has Mr. Met on the front. Uh, very, very attractive book. Uh, Mr. Met at City Field, uh, which makes me very happy. Yeah, it's, it's a book on the, uh, the history of the professional sports mascot. Um, I was, uh, as many people know, uh, who've been longtime listeners of, of the podcast, but uh, I was Mr. Met for four years in the, in the 90s. Uh, so I, I know what it's like to be on the inside of that, uh, costume and, uh, I, I, it's an experience that's, uh, you know, very unique. And I think it's, it's something that's never been explored before in, in depth. So I, I, it's part memoir of my, my time as Mr. Met, but I also wanted to interview all the pioneers of, of the mascot community. Uh, you know, and so I, I spoke with, you know, the, the original Philly fanatic, Dave Raymond, and the original Phoenix Gorilla, Henry Rojas, and uh, Casey Wolf, Dan Mears, and Harvey the Hound, uh, Glenn Street, who is the uh, mascot in the Calgary Flames in hockey, and, and just all, all sorts of people who've, who've been in the costume in the professional industry and at the college level, uh, NCAA level, uh, throughout the years to see what it's like. Uh, you know, if my experience was unique, uh, are there any universals to, to being inside the costume? Because, you know, the thing is that people forget that there's somebody inside the costume, that there's an actual mister inside of Mr. Met. And, and, and we're treated differently in, in the suit than out, um, not only by fans, but by management as well. And so I think it's an in- interesting exploration of, of what it's like to have a job that very few people uh, really understand, but everyone's aware of. Now, Survivor doesn't have a mascot, but Big Brother kind of almost does in the Zingbot. I love Zingbot. <laughs> <laughs> no surprise there. Zingbot's one of my favorite things about uh, about uh, Big Brother. Yeah. Where does the Zingbot uh, rank in the mascot pantheon? Oh, pr- probably way, way, way down at the bottom because it talks. Yeah, that's and, what I was going to really... say. In your, in your book, you say no mascot worth his salt uh, would ever talk. Yeah, no, no bueno, no bueno. <laughs> all, all, yeah, and, and especially with that voice. It's not the right thing to do. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Blowing out speakers across America. Uh, <laughs> but also, uh, a treat for Survivor fans in my book, Yes, It's Hot in Here, there is a small little uh, anecdote or two uh, involving a certain uh, David Sampson. Oh, I didn't know. I haven't gotten that far. I read. The, no, I, you have not. Uh, yeah. but, uh, I'm yes, only about uh, 20, 25 pages in. But, uh, uh, but yes, you will encounter uh, a, a lovely, lovely anecdote uh, or two about Mr. Sampson. And uh, <laughs> you probably learn why I'm very happy that Mr. Sampson was no longer <laughs> in contention for the sole survivor. <laughs> David Sampson is an antagonist in the story? He is indeed. <laughs> oh, no. He didn't, uh, are there, is there a Montreal Expos, uh, <laughs> mascot that he took out of play? Uh, not Mont- not from his time in Montreal, although, uh, that is where he started, but, uh, uh, he was no friend to Billy the Marlin. Oh no. Okay. Yes. Well, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into talking about our archetypes. Now, of course, the 12 archetypes, uh, come from AJ's first book, How Fantasy Sports Explains the World. And, uh, AJ, why don't you set up, cause you could probably do it more eloquently than I can. Uh, what are the 12 archetypes? Well, I've just found uh, from playing fantasy sports that if you have a league, I, I found that if you had a league full of all the same personality, the leagues tended to fail because what you need for any you know league to survive is for people to look at things in a different way so they can interact and make trades. If everyone values the players exactly the same, then nobody's going to trade players because, well, they all think that they're getting the. Ex- the same value. You want people with different points of view. And the same thing kind of can be extrapolated onto any situation, whether it's a group of friends, uh, in a boardroom, or casting a reality show. You want different personalities, otherwise it's really, really dull. Um, and I found uh, through you know researching this and, and, and figuring it all out over the years, that these 12 personalities that we've come up with are basically work well in tandem with each other And if you map them out onto most reality shows that uh, have competition-based format and voting out, it really works very well. You'll you'll see a lot of these these archetypes fall into place naturally without a lot of 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 work. You don't you don't have to really force it. It, it, In seasons that work, they map out perfectly. In seasons that don't work, when they don't map map out perfectly, that's kind of probably the reason why the seasons aren't working. And this is very fun because, you know, people now, we've done this so many times, people get into it, people write their own list, they tell AJ uh, when he's wrong and says, no, no, actually, this person's the uh, loose cannon, this person's the narcissist. Uh, so it everybody's on board with uh, the 12 archetypes now at this point. Right. And, and uh, you know, even though I came up with the archetypes and I think the archetypes are are very valid, you know, it's still my opinion as to who fits in with, with who. So, yeah, no, I'm not saying I'm 100% right here. It's just, it's my opinion. And you can disagree with me. That's fine. It's, 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 it's all good. Okay. So we're going to go through each of the archetypes and AJ is going to tell us uh, who is who. And we always, of course, uh, do this at this point in time because uh, we are getting down to 12 people in the show, but there is one of the archetypes that is the uh, two brains, which is, uh, that's why we like to do it with 13 people. Right. It's uh, the marriage of convenience is actually two people, an A and a B. Uh, so it works out very nicely. When we get down to 12, I usually just combine, you know, one or two of them together uh, or, you know, throw one out, whichever one doesn't fit. But, you know, this this works out really nicely. There's 13 people, 13 spots. Um, it's a bit of a tight fit this year, I will say, because we started off with, you know, beauty, brains and brawn. And so already casting was a little skewed towards three distinct personalities uh, and archetypes. So it's 
it was a little harder this time, I will confess. However, I think we still got it. Could people play in a fantasy football league composed of beauty brains and brawn? Would that be a, a fun idea? Sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know how much the uh, the beauty or the brawn is going to be helping you in the fantasy league. It looks like the, the brains might have the leg up in that one. Well, beauty might be able to uh, uh, convince a certain person to make a trade they might not otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah temptation uh, them away but no I, I don't well Brian, i'll beat you up if you don't trade me <laughs> yeah okay so now the order that you sent me that we're going to uh talk about so you have them from one to 12 does 12 uh is the person with the least chance of making it to the end yeah this is the the chances of making final tribal and we should start at 12 work our way up okay uh, and 12 is the person with the least chance now there are 13 people uh, so technically 12 is 13 because like I said, I usually combine two into one spot as like a, a and B. So, okay. All right. So here we go. Here's number 12 that AJ is going to give us the fresh meat. Uh, so just to set that up, uh, tell us quickly who is, uh, or what is fresh meat before we get into who is fresh meat? You know, fresh meat is probably the person who was not always but often was recruited instead of being a fan of the show doesn't really know what they're doing out there hasn't shown a lot of strategy tends to be a a follower you're not expecting any moves you're 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 expecting this person to be told what to do and and just simply follow someone who just the least impressive member of the bunch usually can you also give us some past examples of the archetypes as we get to them sure sure uh fresh meat was last season was laura bonham (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we got, we got Carter was a fresh meat. Uh, Edna was a fresh meat. Uh, let's see, looking through there real quickly. Cat, uh, their first time she was on, mm-hmm. was definitely a fresh meat. Okay, all right. So, who is the fresh meat from this season? Fresh meat from this season is Jeffra. Jeffra. Okay. Yeah, I really haven't seen a lot of gameplay out of Jeffra. Um, she kind of seems to be lost out there. She's she's not making any impression on me at all. Um, she's kind of just following. I, I I don't really see anything. Have you seen anything that would that would lead you to believe she's anything but a follower? No, I have not been too impressed with what I've seen from her. Even like talking when they ask her a question, I hear like a lot of like cliches. Kind of like when uh, Derek Jeter gets interviewed. That's she's not saying anything interesting anytime Jeff's asking her a question. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 nothing there. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I like her. She seems like a nice person, but uh, that I don't expect her to go go in this game much longer. Okay, so I actually expect her to be around for quite a bit. Can I tell you a, a theory that I've been working on since the I did my Survivor podcast on Wednesday and Thursday, but then as I got further away from the episode, I was thinking more about what happened this past week, and I kind of have a different feeling about uh, maybe a new scenario that could be coming into play. After Tony voted with LJ and Jeffra and Trish, you know, they have four and if there's a merge after this week coming up, I feel like the brains group who, you know, we were all saying are in such a great spot right now could be in trouble because if this full, if there's a brains and, and I'm sorry, a beauty and brawn superpower 
that is beginning to come together. Uh, they could bring Sarah back in with them. They also could bring Alexis back in with LJ and that's six already. And they wouldn't, you know, potentially if they have Jeremiah also, that's now seven people with the brains and all of the stragglers like Wu and Lindsay and Morgan on the outside. And I'm wondering if maybe a brawn beauty superpower could be on the horizon. Um, yeah, I, it's certainly possible. I think, you know, you're, you're certainly tapped into something where like the fresh meat can, if they make the merge, can certainly stick around a while like an Edna because it, it, it becomes someone who can't, you know, everyone's perception is they can't win the game. So why would you worry about voting them out now when you can just drag them along? And, you know, even if they get to the end, they got no argument. They got no case. So I, I, I think, yeah, she can make the end, but it's really hard it's it's really hard to project her doing anything to to elevate her standing above third if she's in the final tribal with three people. Yeah. So this is chances to win, not chances to go far. Right. Right. I mean, like, her chances increase obviously of making that final tribal uh, to a point. But even when you get to that last uh, immunity challenge, it's like, well, she's not going to win it. So she's got to rely on the fact that she's got to be super super weak in perception but not too nice that they might suddenly get that turn that lisa welch will turn we're like well maybe they'll vote for her because she's nice you know (laughs) and going back to what i was saying about how she's you know speaking in cliches and not really saying anything that if she was to get to the final three she needs to be able to argue why she should win the game and i feel like i have not heard those skills from her at this point yet Exactly. That's why, that's why Kat was a fresh meat. I didn't expect her to be able to argue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her can't, case at can't all. Can't make her case. All right. Yeah. Give me number 11, which you have is the ninja. Yeah. And, and the ninja is, is kind of the person you forget is there. If you start, you know, at this point, we've seen a lot of episodes and you start naming off all these people who are on the show that you've, you know, learned their names for the first time a few weeks ago and you start listing them and then you get to like, 11 people and you go, oh, who, who did I leave out? And you just, just can't remember this person. They're not making an impression. They're probably not getting a ton of confessionals. Um, although they might, they might be, but generally speaking, if they're getting a ton of confessionals, you're going to remember them. So uh, it's just someone you're just, they're, they're not getting an edit that makes it seem like they're going very far. And normally I don't like to play the game of guessing the edit, but usually it's telling. By this point, if someone's just not there and is kind of invisible, there's probably a reason. Okay, so who is the ninja, AJ? Well, the ninja this season is Alexis. Alexis, okay. The, yeah. The twerking ninja? The twerking ninja. Uh, did we see the twerking? No. <laughs> we talk not. about twerking, but we didn't actually see it. How you would you, think. If you talk about the twerking, you would think you would see the twerking. Right, right. And only only an expert ninja would be able to twerk and not get it on camera. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just you know, there's there's this... I, I, I was doing this and I was, I was listing them all and I went, who's left? I, have, I haven't really had any impact from her. And, and you know, it, it's, there's not a lot there. There's, there's not a lot there to, to judge her. I mean, maybe, maybe she'll turn around. You know, it's kind of like uh, when Brenda wasn't getting any confessionals. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone's like, why isn't, well, you know, why haven't we seen Brenda in six episodes? Well, because she's not going to win, you know. <laughs> yeah. She's there to uh, yell at Dawn. Yeah, you know, eventually, you know, she she had a little storyline, but by then it was just like it was too late. 
Yeah, I'm not seeing the path to victory yet for Alexis. We're we're not really getting her story. Although uh, I do think that she is more savvy than Jeffra. I feel like we've seen more out of her than uh, we've seen from Jeffra. But yeah, you know, we have not seen the uh, winner edit by any stretch of the imagination right. from and, Alexis. And part and part of part of the problem this season is, of course, that the brains were you know featured every single week because they were going to tribal and so we didn't actually see a lot of the other two tribes in relation but nevertheless i mean we're still not really seeing a lot of her after in that one episode i didn't really see a a lot of her okay so number 10 uh is the cheerleader so aj who is the cheerleader in your mind on survivor kagiyan yeah and and, uh, the cheerleader is often the mother type often the take care of everybody t- type, you know, Dawn was perfect at this. Um, but the cheerleader is, is also the, the one who tries to rally the team, rally the team together through the hard times. It's like, no, we have to, we have to, we have to work together. We have to go, go, go. And in that, in that sense, the only one who really fits this year is Tasha. The one who wants to practice, the one who wants to come on. If we all work together, even though we have no rice, we could do it. People come on, let's practice and we will win. Mm-hmm. I, I could see it. She was also uh, very loud in the challenge when they had to, you know, uh, she was the caller. She was also the person like uh, instructing everybody which way to turn the log to uh, get through the log maze. So uh, she is that that's cheering. That's true. I mean, yeah. Interestingly enough, we have a, an actual cheerleader on the show. Yeah, she is. A, <laughs> and, well, she's a cheerleader too, Tasha. She was a oh, former she also- Rams cheerleader. Okay, so we have two, but yeah, that that had nothing to do with it. It's it's personality on the show, not not profession. Yeah, because Morgan has not been leading much cheer. <laughs> no, <laughs> in fact, I would say uh, you know getting voted out moment one and 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 that that kind of put you on the non cheerleader list for sure. Yeah. All right. So Tasha is the cheerleader now. I'm surprised you think Tasha has such a bad shot to win the game, ranking her tenth here out of all the people that are left in the game. Well, remember, I'm ranking the archetypes and not the people. And and I think people can overcome these these archetypes and certainly win from a low spot. It's just a lot harder. And things have to they have to work work at it a lot more. Uh, this, this is certainly not saying that Tasha is not in a good spot. I would say all three of the brains are kind of in a good spot because of of, you know, they're all together and seem to have the numbers in their tribe at the moment. So, it, it's not saying that she can't get to the end. It's just saying that that personality tends to to fall in the same pecking order yeah you know the the probability is not great certainly certainly fresh meat could win you know it's it's not against all odds it's just a long shot (laughs) yeah i do feel like though out of any of the other cheerleaders that we've talked about i feel like tasha does have a better chance than some of the other cheerleaders we talked about Absolutely, and that's because she has brains. And again, it's a function. It's it's a function of of the fact that they cast this a lot differently than a normal season. There there are more people who fit a lot of the generic profiles. You know, it wasn't cast in the same way. All right, number nine is the loose cannon. Now, who could possibly be a loose cannon from this season? I think there are probably a couple of options, <laughs> but uh, pick I, one. I think. Mm, yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Uh, hear me out here, if, if you don't agree. But I, I'm gonna go with Chelsea Handler herself, Trish. Uh, that well, that I think that might be an insult to Chelsea Handler. 
<laughs> That's okay. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Chelsea Handler's like, you've gone to be kidding me. <laughs> but yeah, I think Trish is our loose cannon. I, I think uh, she is uh, certainly devious. Mm-hmm. I think she's, uh, I think as, uh, I don't know if, if people have seen the coming coming scenes for next week, but it certainly seems like she's going to get a little... Uh, a little uh, loose cannony there. I mean, Jutia was was uh, certainly a loose cannon type because you know you dump the rice, loose cannon. Had she still been here, I think Jutia certainly would have fit in really nice in this personality type. But I think Trish is the next to like just completely snap and go uh, bat poo insane, not bonkers. Now, Trish seemed like she really w- couldn't wait to flip against some of the people she hated. Cliff Robinson. Now. Uh, you don't have any Cliff Robinson stories, do you? I do not. Okay. Uh, were you happy to see Cliff Robinson on the show this season? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with you know with 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 one or two, you know, pseudo celebrities. You know, not everyone is going to know who Cliff Robinson is. So, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I love it. I love it. I, I wish that they would do it every season. Yeah, and like you know, like when Jeff Kent was on, that was that that was cool. I mean, personally didn't love him, but uh, you know, it was fun to see him on the show. Yeah, yeah. You were not a big Jeff Kent fan. I was not. I was not a big <laughs> David Sanson fan. Are there any Jeff <laughs> Kent stories in Yes, It's Hot in here? Uh, no, no, there are not. Because <laughs> um, Jeff Kent, Jeff kept to himself. <laughs> yeah, I uh, know, but I love the Lisa Welchel. You know, I love the uh, stunt casting because I think it's uh, I think it's more fun than if it was all celebrities. I like throwing uh, you know a celebrity in here or there. Um, anyway, so the loose cannon being Trish, uh, she is she is you know had a loose cannon week, and it looks like she definitely is going to be feuding more with Lindsay. But <laughs> okay, I'll give it to you. I feel like there's there's other loose cannons that I might go with, but I kind of feel like we got to put, you know, we got to fit, you know, all the pieces exactly. in the puzzle. So exactly. all right, so I'll, I'll hear you out on Trish as loose cannon. Sure. All right. Number eight, you have as the narcissist. Yeah, and the narcissist is typically, uh, even though it could be a woman, uh, it's typically the pretty boy. It is typically the the person who is just more in love with, with how wonderful a person they are and how great they look. Al- almost always, you know, going to do well in challenges and and be proud of themselves for looking as great as they do when they when they're in the challenges. Um, I, I think Garrett probably would have been the perfect narcissist. Uh, and with so many beauties, it, it's kind of hard to you know. Th- Generally speaking, the beauty is the narcissist, and then they throw you know a whole bunch of them on, on on the beach all at once. So it's a little difficult. I'm choosing Jeremiah here. Okay, he's a um, model. Yeah, I think it, it's just it's not that there isn't any brains there, um, but uh, between uh, him and LJ, I think uh, Jeremiah's probably got a little bit less going on. Yeah. All right. Well, I can't argue with that. It does seem like he could be uh, the narcissist of the season. Uh, so can you give us any memorable narcissists that have done well on the show? Um, you know, they, they don't necessarily do well because I think I think that because they're the physical threat and, and that's that's the issue. I think uh, we had uh, Keith was a, was a narcissist back in uh, the Coach Ozzy season. Yeah. What about last season? Who was the narcissist last season? Oh, uh, you know, I don't have the last season oh. in front of me, but uh, you know, we've had uh, 
We've had Eddie was a narcissist. Yeah. I, I think Jeff Kent was the narcissist <laughs> during his season. That might just be my own personal one. <laughs> I thought he but was again, old you know, reliable. I'm an athlete. Look at me. I can perform. Yeah. All right. So that number eight is the, is the uh, narcissist. And speaking of old reliable, here's number seven, old reliable. Yeah. And old reliable. We actually don't, don't have the old reliable because I, th- I think Cliff probably would have been the old reliable here. Uh, if he had lasted this one more week, because it's generally the older gentleman who who just does well at challenges and is kind of generally liked, um, and it usually just has that look of, of being you know kind of a old reliable guy, you know, the like Rick. Rick, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Rick, a Troyzan, you know, like like th- th- this seems to be uh, just a casting one hundred and one for old reliable, uh, and unfortunately, you know, artist was was a good one. Artists, yeah. not artists, but artists. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so it, it generally is, and Cliff totally fit into that role, but he's gone. So the only other person left who actually fits in that, in that role is kind of LJ. And he, you know, he's, he's doing his best at challenges. And I think people recognize that he's, he's, he can perform all the challenges and, you know, you know what to expect out of him. He, he's, he's not making a lot of waves. He, he's kind of just playing the game. We have to go and check in the archives. Is LJ the youngest old reliable that we've ever had? I believe he is. Yeah. Yeah. Who was old reliable last season? Do you remember? I don't know. For some reason, <laughs> for some reason I switched computers and that's the one file that didn't come with me. Oh, okay. Well, we'll go, we'll go back and take a, take a listen. All, <laughs> you know, and I'm looking on the page on Rob's website and I didn't list the names of the people. I just listed the archetypes, but uh, we can go back and, uh, and take a listen if we need to. All right. So number six here is uh, one half of the marriage of convenience. Right, and we're going to skip it. Okay. Because giving that away gives away the other half of the marriage. So we will hold on to our, this is our placeholder. We take a deep breath and we'll skip it and move on. All right, so then we're going to come back at number five with the idiot savant. All right, and the idiot savant is the person who is making moves. Um. They're just, they don't make sense, a lot of the moves. You wonder why they're, they're, they're choosing the choices that they are. But for some reason, they seem to work. Uh, ice cream scooper Eric, mm-hmm. perfect example, like dancing to the beat of his own drummer. He's making some bizarre decisions, and yet he's, you know, he, he keeps surviving, and he's not the one who's being targeted. He's a perfect example of that. Um, if you were to vote with an alphabet strategy, that would be another good example that, of an idiot savant. That would savant. be a good one. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Or, you know, some sort of, you know, like first first time around Brandon Hans was kind of like, you know, hot-headed thinking, you know, make I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strategize here and I'm going to strategize here. And, yeah, well, he's still around, you know. I don't know mm-hmm. how he's still here, but he's still here. He's still here. So it's, it, that's the kind of personality where it's like you're making decisions. You're not quite sure. You're not quite sure if there's any real flaw process behind it, but they seem to be working. And, you know, this season it's, hey, I'm going to choose to search for the idol and I'm going to come up with this explanation and it's going to work. And suddenly they're going to believe me and I'm not going to get caught. It's Morgan. Morgan. Yeah. I think she's strategizing and she's forming alliances and she's she's trying to convince people to do things and nothing's really, you know... it's not really working for her, but she's still here. So it's working for her. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got to give her. Yeah. The only thing she did that worked was that first lie with the idol. But even that got blown up this week. Yeah. And, and, and yet, you know, I mean, 
still here. Yeah, you know, her, I mean, yes, it was because her tribe won, but again, that's the kind of thing. It, it's not by anything she did that's why she's still here. It's just like you know, it might have come up had had it still been fresh in people's memory. Now she's got three days to uh, you know make them uh, forget about it. But she is one of these people where it's like if she can make the merge, also, it's like nobody's going to worry about her. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think you're probably right. Yeah. All right. So she's 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 dangerous. I, I think she's very dangerous. When do you think we're going to merge? You think one more week until the merge? Um. Yeah, I I think at eleven. Eleven. Okay. I well, think at eleven. So we have thirteen now. So we got to get rid of two more two more people. Yeah. You know, really anywhere from twelve to ten is uh, typically when we could see the merge. And I kind of feel like in in recent seasons we're merging closer to twelve than ten. I just think I just think it depends on on which tribe loses this week because I think there's just so much to mine from the uh, Trish and Lindsay f- fight that has been foreshadowed for, mm-hmm. for this coming week that if they don't go to tribal council next week I think it's just it's too rich for them to suddenly uh, merge that week let let it play out again you know well, keep keep them together and, and see how it goes yeah all right I mean you were on the show do they do they have those numbers preset. They say they do. This? They say they do, but I have to believe that I, I, in my heart of hearts, I don't necessarily believe that's the case because how come like a season like Survivor Palau, they completely let one team and, and I don't know what the numbers uh, would have been, but that would have been like a late merge. Like you would think that, you know, it, it just so happened that that season they decided, oh, we're not going to merge at this time or, you know, certain seasons. It seems like the way it's it's playing out sometimes dictates what they end up doing. But they do say that everything they do is uh, ahead of time. Well, you know, then then, you know, maybe not. But I, I would say the way the way I'm seeing the season, it's it's at 11. Yeah. OK. Let's go to number four, which is the X Factor uh, slash uh, Captain Loophole. Right, and normally this is this is uh, the one I combine into one person because we're usually doing it at twelve, and I have 13, 13 people for the twelve slots here uh, because of the marriage of convenience. Um, but so let's take them separate. X Factor right. is the person who is different from everybody else. Uh, it's, it's someone who, for whatever reason is just, you know, if you, if you were going to put them into categories, this person doesn't fit in any category as anybody else. It could be like the only male on an all female tribe. It could be, uh, you know, the, the only gay survivor in a season. It could be the only, uh, the only super fan on a season and, and, uh, you know, so, some sort of thing that makes this person different. It could be leaf mm-hmm. who just physically looks very different from everybody else. Uh, in this season, um, it's it's Sarah, okay, because she is the only person who is by herself okay. from, from her from her tribe. Like she's she's flying solo, and she's the only person who's flying solo uh, once they uh, did the 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 swap. Yeah, that she, makes her different from everybody else. She's a lone survivor. Yeah, she's 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 the only one who has to play that game, and that that. That makes her play a different game from everybody else and, and, and puts her in a different category. And, and you know how she proceeds is, is up to her. But, I mean, it puts her in a good spot because that's a good spot to be. Um, you know, when she got to that and it was like that 3-3-1 split, she was upset with that. But I thought that was a great spot to be in because that was like a swing vote. And you want to be the swing vote in a situation like that. Now, she didn't realize, you know, and we didn't realize that it was going to be 
all the, all the beauty people going nuts and saying, uh, I, I want out, I want out, I want out. So she didn't, she didn't have to really be the swing vote. <laughs> yeah, it, it would have played out better one, for one, her. One. Yeah, it would have played it been better if the beauty tribe would have just all stuck together. Yeah, and then she would have had all the power, and then then, <laughs> then that that's a great place to be in in, the, in that clear cut. Oh well, all of you come to me. It's almost like being an HOH and Big Brother at that point. Yeah. Um, so that's that's where she is, and I put this her in the same level. Uh, the X Factor is the same level as Captain Loophole because, again, Captain Loophole is kind of the person who knows the game in and out. is 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 the rules mastermind has and the super fan, and it's it's that's why they they kind of go hand in hand, uh, and they're they're kind of like co number fours here. Uh, the person who just just knows what they're doing. They may not be they may may or may not be great in, in challenges, but they know the game, and they came here to play. And you know the Cochrans. You know, they, they, they know the game in and out. And, and that gives them an advantage over a lot of people who are, are from central casting and, and, and recruited and not from, you know, the whole process of wanting to be on the show. Okay. Uh, and Captain Loophole this season is Spencer. Yes. Makes sense. Yeah. So I, th- I would put the two of them as, 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 as you know, on, on the same level of, of, of odds. Okay. So 4A and 4B. Yeah, 4A and 4B. All right. So... Now that leaves only three spots left. And I'm just thinking off the top of my head, we have Cass, we have Tony, and we have Lindsay? We have Wu and Lindsay. Wu and Lindsay. We, have, uh, we also have that second marriage spot that we skipped. Okay, that's right. Okay, so, all right, number three, the mad scientist. Yeah, the mad scientist is always, always concocting schemes and plans, making up stories, even when they don't have to, perhaps building spy shacks. Yes. <laughs> I, you couldn't ask for a better mad scientist. It, it, Tony fits it to a T. It isn't even, not even couching at this point. I mean, he is just absolutely insane with, with the scheming and the plotting. And what's great about it is that the mad scientist loves to make big moves. Yeah. And and it's very very entertaining, so um, that's Tony, man. Now, this idea that I had the other day about like I kind of like it's like oh okay I think that's what's going on, and I think that they could be looking at it and they're going to bring Sarah and Alexis in and then have this group after six. But the thing that just jumped out at me is like yeah, but Tony's not going to stand pat with that even if he does get that group together after the merge, it could look like everything is going to go good, but then Tony could totally flip around and, and vote against that group. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's, you, don't, you don't know what kind of scheme he's going to come with. He can't help himself. I mean, that's the thing. The mad scientist cannot help but <laughs> think that everything is being planned against him, so he has to now counter plan and the status quo just is not quo. <laughs> he can't. He can't sit still. He can't. It, it's just even if he's sitting pretty, he's going to try and come up with some other something to try and fix, even if it doesn't need fixing. And I mean, the good. The good news for the mad scientist is that the mad scientist is not afraid to make big moves. And so in that sense, they, they do tend to go far. And also because the mad scientist also has a, a, a tinge of the crazy to them. You know, they tend to stay around too because if you can tolerate them, then you can take them along. Thinking, well, you know, yeah, they're crazy, but they probably they've probably 
been the cause of a lot of people being evicted. So they've made enemies and, and no one wants this crazy person to win. <laughs> so I'm surprised you have the mad scientist so high up in the potential winner rankings. Well, and the, the, re- the reason being is because they aren't afraid to make the moves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one of the things that you get to the end. It's like, explain why you deserve to win. Well, I voted you out. I voted you out. I voted you out. I masterminded this. I masterminded this. I masterminded this. If it doesn't blow up in their face in a huge way, they've got the resume to win. Now, they're, they're, you know, mad scientist number three as opposed to one or two because I think there's an element of dislike to that and creating enemies, especially if it becomes one of these things where you start, you know, turning on your own too soon, which I think Tony might have done here. But generally speaking, you know, you, the people he's voting out now aren't, you know, they're not on the jury. So maybe he gets to the point where, you know, hey, I voted out Cliff. Remember when Cliff was a big threat? And like, well, yeah, he kind of did that. You know, he can make a case for himself. Okay. Looking forward to watching how it's all going to play out for Tony. You know, it, it, the specialist couldn't do that. He couldn't, he couldn't argue it very well. Like I said, the only way that the, Philip was a great mad scientist, like the only way he could have won is if, he, if suddenly, you know, he dropped it all and was like, well, this whole thing was an act the whole time. As you see, I'm actually quite sane. You know, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, that's not him. <laughs> Even if that was an act, that would have been good. Oh, well, wouldn't, wouldn't we have all just stood up and fought? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Number two. Okay. We have the other part of the marriage of convenience. Right. And, and, it's almost too soon for me to actually know uh, for sure 100% who is the dominant and who's the submissive here, but I think I have a handle on it. Uh, and the, the marriage of convenience are, of course, two people. It could be, it could be a showmance where you know, two people are clearly together and, and headed towards a, you know, a Robin Amber marriage down the line. Or it could just be two people who are thrown together by, by circumstance, you know, a Malcolm and Denise, where it's just like, okay, you, you two are stuck together. You're, 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 you're together. Um, and I think after the blind side, it's clear that Lindsay and Wu are the yes. marriage of convenience. They, they, wow, was that a great, possibly the greatest blind side face I've ever <laughs> seen? <laughs> yeah, blindside Lindsay, face. That's a new uh, term we have to use. Hashtag blindside face. Yeah, Lindsay's blindside face was spectacular and Wu's was better not far behind no i thought Wu was better (laughs) oh i thought Lindsay's because it lasted so long (laughs) they went they they cut away three times and every time she she hadn't moved (laughs) Wu was a bit more stunned but Lindsay held it longer (laughs) yeah okay well we'll have to have a a vote somewhere who had the better blindside face Wu or Lindsay? but yeah i mean i think you know now they they realize that it's them against the world and uh um, you know, odds are stacked against them because of you know where they are in the numbers here. But I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily count them out. Um, and certainly, I if Lindsay can survive this week, I mean, she could go this week, and 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 I wouldn't be surprised because you know she's very loud. Uh, I don't think she's going to take uh, Trish's uh, antics lying down, and it's possible she could go this week. But you know, who knows? She she and Wu could possibly you know turn the tables on Trish and Tony. So it, it, if they can guess her past this week, I think they're actually not in a bad spot because once we get to that, that merge, they can easily now go to the other side, like you said, and form that, that the, a super group of some sort. It's first, first one to the super group, you know? <laughs> it's, like, it's like Terminus? Yeah, yeah. First, first one there gets uh, claimed. Claimed. <laughs> so, I claimed the brain drive. <laughs> so who do you want to have at number two? I think Lindsay's the dominant of the two uh, right now in terms of personality. 
Um, I think this week I, I, I'm, I'm holding out the, the, you know, just for a little bit because maybe Wool will serve to, to calm her down and, 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 you know, ultimately prove to be the more stabilizing force and the leader of the two. But while Cliff was there, Lindsay was the leader. So for now, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Lindsay. Okay. Such a good spot here for Lindsay. It, it, it is. And it just generally, like I said, we're, we're, the spot is great. I would say Lindsay probably is the lowest uh, uh, of the marriage ones that we've had in many a season because it, it, it is one of these things where this is where she slots in personality wise. But yeah, she could go this week. That happens too, you know. Okay. And now number one is the diplomat. The diplomat. Um, you know, generally, generally speaking, this is someone who can get along with all parties, even even people that they're not in alliance with. They 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 can talk to them. They they're, they're not ostracized. They're they're not like, hey, I, I'm not even talking to you. Get out of here. They they can hold the conversations. They can hold the strategy conversations. They can sometimes turn people around to the other point of view. It, it, it's someone who is looked to for advice and 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 whose advice is taken by people. And someone who is you know definitely. A leader, someone who has a good shot at winning simply because they don't ruffle the feathers even when they're disagree- disagreeing with people. And I think that's what gets most people in trouble is they disagree and there's a blow up and now it's us versus, you know, you versus me. They, they can walk away from a situation and say, you know what, uh, we disagree, but, you know, hey, could you just think about my point of view? And that, that kind of thing. That, that's what the diplomat is. Yeah. You had Cochran and- as a diplomat a couple seasons ago and that served you well. Absolutely. And, and, and like I said, diplomat does not always win. Certainly not. Um, I think the coach was, the coach was a diplomat mm-hmm. during, during his season with, with Cochran the first time and Brandon Hansen. And just, you know, he was able to control Brandon and calm him down. And he was able to talk with everybody like, hey, hey, you know, Cochran, you know, hey, even though I'm, I'm mad at you, like, you know, you're going to be a great player someday. You know, he, he, he was a coach. He taught him diplomat. how to win. Yeah, exactly. He taught everybody how to win. <laughs> he, co- he coached Cochran. He coached Tyson. Exactly. I, but it, that, that, it's that kind of personality. It's, it's, it's someone who tries tries for the stabilizing and calm as opposed to as opposed to havoc and mayhem. And I think people respect that when you get to the end of the game. If, if the if the diplomat gets to the end of the game and they can argue their case, which they usually can, uh, it's very hard to beat them. All right, and, and that—that's the one person who is left, and that is Cass. There you I, go. I think I think from a physical standpoint, she'll fly under the radar. I mean, she's not a physical threat by any stretch, but I mean, I think we saw how she handled surviving uh, just on the brain drive to the end, and and how it really she had all the power. Yeah, she was able to she was able to sit there in between the two the two groups and 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 talk to both sides and you know make her decision and you know well you voted out my side but you know I, I see your side and you know she she was part of the negotiations again the next time and you know she and Tasha were, were there right, Jatia Spencer I don't know and you know well well we made our choice and hey Spencer you're still with me great you know <laughs> she was able to do that without pissing anybody off and I think that that's that's in Survivor that is gold all right AJ so. I've been trying to play with some of these uh, names here. I think I think uh, there's a lot of these I, I agree with you on, but I feel like uh, I want to go I want to go a different direction here, and I want to I want to make Cass and Tasha the marriage of convenience. That is absolutely a, a fair a fair interpretation. 
uh, you could certainly go that way. Like I said, the only reason I'm not doing that is because they don't see themselves as a, as a, as a firm too. I think because Spencer went with them, uh, it's a trio of convenience and they, I I don't necessarily think that Cass and Tasha, Cass and Tasha will remain as tight as time goes on because of that. Um, I, I think Lindsay and Wu back against the wall, stuck together now with, with no way to go just fits it a little bit better and and I don't know that you have a, a a true diplomat otherwise. Well, then I so then I have to move things around here. So I I then I I would bump LJ up to the diplomat, and he's been very I feel like he's been very diplomatic so far. He came over and he was able to work with Trish and work with Tony and get and get something new going. And now I have to now I need a new old reliable. And I guess now this is where it starts to get tricky. So now I think I have to make uh, Wu the new unreliable, the the new old reliable, and he's reliable. He's not old, but I feel like <laughs> you could count on Wu. And then I got to move something else around here. This is like one and of those he, puzzles where you have like uh, you slide exactly. pieces around. It's not as easy as it it's looks. Not, it's and not easy. 15, 14, 15, 14, 15, 14. <laughs> yeah, and then I have to do something with uh, somebody, and then Lindsay. Could I make Lindsay Mads the loose cannon, and then I got to move Trish? What if I move Trish to the? Uh, she's not reliable. Anyway, uh, I'll leave it to AJ that will that um, I'm stamping your official list. Why? Thank you, sir. Yes. At least it's it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy, and I think and I think this season in particular, it's not easy because of of the the whole conceit of the the brains brawn and beauty I, I think that made it a little more difficult just like last season i know it was really hard and probably the reason i don't remember it as clearly is because with the blood versus water and the family members it was also really difficult because it wasn't cast for a full season in the same way it was cast for 10 people and their family so it, it was just a, a completely different scenario there I mean, you know how can you have a marriage convenience really when everybody's <laughs> everyone's related to each other uh you know it's, it's a little different Right. So, AJ, do you want to do our fantasy draft? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Uh, we can use we can use uh, same scoring as last time. I like the scoring in our fantasy league. Score, scoring certainly worked. Uh, with with you know the further clarification that playing the idol is whoever possesses the idol and determines that it shall be played. <laughs> yes. Now, I might say though, um, do. Is the scoring system, here's the scoring system that we were working under last time. So one point per week in the game. I think that's fine. 10 weeks of, or sorry, 10 points for being in the final three. Uh, two points per vote in the final tribal council. I think that all that's fine. Now, one point for playing an immunity idol, one point for an immunity challenge win. I feel like that's low. I feel like I got I get one point just for not getting voted out, and I only get one extra point for winning the immunity challenge or playing the idol. All right, you want to bump them both up to two? That's yes. fine. Give me two for playing the idol, and so it's a little more heavy weight on the challenges and playing the idol. Now, now here, 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 I want to be clear on 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 the technicality because because I thought about this on the playing the idol. If somebody gives the idol to somebody else prior to tribal council, they're giving up the two points. That that they they, don't, they no longer own the points. It's whoever walks into tribal council with the idol 
if they decide to play it for themselves or to hand it to somebody else at tribal council, that is two points. Okay. Okay. Now, what if they play the idol and they get voted off? Like they get here, I'm going to give the idol for Jervis, and then uh, then uh, the votes come in, and the votes were all for Tyson. Well, they still get their they still get their two points because <laughs> they played it, and no more points for surviving. <laughs> Is Another there week, extra points for playing the Tyler Perry idol. No, because I still refuse to acknowledge its presence. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, all right. So here we go. So here is the, um, here's the draft. AJ, now we also did our draft for Big Brother also. And, uh, we did it, I think, also with 13 people left in the game. And Aaron was the one person neither of us picked. And she actually, uh, stuck around for like another four or five weeks. I know. And I, I actually, (laughs) there was a moment there during that draft where I said, hey, I'll give you an extra, <laughs> I'll give you like, I was going to trade trade up and say, just give me both of them at the end. Yeah. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were, were you thinking of picking up Aaron off the waiver wire at some point? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, yeah, the big brother one got a little upside down uh, quickly. That one was more, that one got a little lopsided, but the survivor one was close all the way through, but it is a two league winning streak for uh, the Rob that sucks. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> so it this is. is redemption. All right, I'll give you AJ. I'll give you the first pick here in the draft since uh, you came in last place in the league last year. So you get the top pick in the draft this year. Okay, and we're each picking six and leaving one person off the board. Correct? That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. So. I am going to number one pick. Well, I'm going to I'm going to number one pick. I'm <laughs> I'm actually going to ignore my my rankings just because I want Spencer in the pocket first. Okay, good pick. Number one overall for Spencer. And now Rob gets to pick. I get two picks here back to back. All right, boy. Ooh, ah, this is huge. Uh, I needed this. Uh, I am going to go with give me LJ mm-hmm. and give me Sarah. Just she was my my pick preseason. I feel like that's pretty good there to get them back to back here at two and three. Okay. And plus LJ has got an idol. Uh, if he plays it at some point, that's two points. Okay. Excellent. AJ right. number f- the fourth pick overall. Your second pick. All right. I I will take Cass. Cass. Hmm. I think that might have been a reach, AJ. That's all right. And I'm going to come back with Tony. Tony, the loose cat. Well, yeah, Tony is going to be. He might be Man, playing idols. Just, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Good. 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 Uh, let's see. Boy, I, I wish I would. I should have uh, wrote out my draft board here. Boy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so tricky. All right. So. Cass is off the board. Uh, Tony's off the board. Spencer's off the board. Sarah's off the board. And LJ is off the board. Okay, now I got two picks here. I know that I want... Give me Tasha here with one of my two picks. Had a feeling. (laughs) And now all the brains are off the board. And boy, now this is where things get tricky. (sighs) I feel like we've we've now selected all the players that could potentially win the game. <laughs> <laughs> now these are players. So 
I don't want to talk through my strategy uh, too much here, but I am going to go with... <sighs> Give me... Boy, this is uh, this is where the rubber meets the road. Uh, give me Jeremiah, but I don't feel good about it. I did not feel good about that. Did not feel good. I hear you. All right. Was he on your board? I was thinking about it. Okay. All right. I was thinking about it, but uh, right. I'm going to then go with. I'll go with Wu. Wu. That was that was who I was wrestling with. It was Wu or Jeremiah. And just for giggles, I'll at least like to look at my team. I'll pick Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> yeah, well, she could be around for a bit here. That's what I'm hoping. All right, so Rob with back-to-back picks. I'm going to double down here. Uh, give me my... Uh, I guess, uh, yeah, give me my... Uh, give me my Alexis. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you might as well give me my Jeffra too. That that might be a someone who sticks around for a while too. Yeah, yeah, it could be there. All right, so now you've got you've got a real Sophie's pick, choice for her right right now. I, uh, I got to pick a winner between Trish and Lindsay, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, gosh darn it! <laughs> I I am going to half. I, I just I just hate her so much. I, I, I all right, I'm gonna pick the I'm gonna pick Trish because I hate her so much. <laughs> yeah. And she's probably gonna stay on for many, many weeks and torment me. Yeah. No, I think Trish is gonna be around for a while. I think that was I yeah. think that was the best pick out of uh, Lindsay. I feel like uh Lindsay seems like the safest bet to go this week. So I feel like that uh that was the right call. I yeah. was I was torn between uh taking two out of the three of Alexis, Jeffra, or Trish. And I was like, uh, Trish is probably gonna be around there for a while, but I'm just gonna like I, I have a feeling either, you know, Alexis or Jeffra is probably getting there around to the final four or so. So I figured I was just going to hedge my bets. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, Lindsay, I mean, like I said, I think she's probably out the door this week if, if her tribe loses. But it, if she can get to the merge, I, I, I think there's still a shot because uh, for some reason, I, I, I can see her talking to Sarah and and and. Expo- Tony has exposed himself now and I think there could be a way <laughs> yeah alright so let's g- give you the rosters here here's the AJ tribe the AJ tribe is Spencer Cass Tony Wu Morgan and Trish that's the AJ tribe and the Rob tribe is LJ Sarah Tasha Jeremiah Alexis and Jeffra. Jeffra, Jeffra, Jeffra. Okay. I'm four years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So that's, uh, you know, that's our big brother, or I'm sorry, our survivor draft. Now, 
AJ, you also told me before we came on that you have a Big Brother Canada uh, 12 archetypes. I do. All right, give us you want to give us those uh quickly? Yeah, I'll 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 just run through run, run them down. <laughs> run them down from 12 to 1. Uh we got fresh meat. Now how many people are in the Big Brother house? Is it 12? 12. Okay, so yeah, we're actually at 12. Actually 12. Okay, yeah. here we go. Fresh right. fresh meat. Fresh meat, Heather. Yep, that's all right. That's (laughs) Ninja is Neda. Neda, yeah, yeah, Neda, yeah. Being very quiet. The cheerleader, or the otherwise known as the house mom, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. Okay. Uh, The narcissist, pretty and she knows it, Rochelle. Now, did you skip the loose cannon? Uh, it's a different rank. It's a different, oh, okay, for different Big Brother uh, for because Big Brother. of the way it's voted out. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you use the same rankings as the Big Brother US? I do. I because it mapped out pretty good for the uh, Jillian Gary season. So yeah. So the narcissist is Rochelle. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, old reliable. No blood on the hands. Throws a lot of competitions. Where's the sling, John? John. <laughs> okay. Now, John. Is, John throws competitions too. Yeah. Okay. I I I think because of the injury, it it may not be entirely intentional, but yeah. Uh, idiot savant makes a lot of the wrong decisions. Let someone else be the hoh for them. Ika. <laughs> okay. Uh, next would be the marriage of convenience guy or bromance uh, person who is the the stronger of the two physically and it is Andrew. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Number five is the loose cannon insane and unpredictable might run around naked in the house. Arlie. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Number four, the diplomat liked by all may have just won a secret power. Adele. Ooh, he's liked by, I mean, he's liked by all now. I mean, everyone, I think think everyone pretty much gets along with it. All no one hates him now, especially now that, uh, you know, Papa Paul's out the house. Yeah. Uh, X Factor, the person who's completely different, usually a super fan, might be an outcast, or might have just been voted into the house by Canada. That makes <laughs> someone pretty different, I would say. Yeah. Allison. Yeah. Uh, then comes the mad scientist, the puppeteer. Maybe she even called herself a mad scientist puppeteer on Sunday's show. Yes, she did. Thank you very much. Sabrina. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> I was just like, well, make my job easy. <laughs> right. And and number number one would be, uh, again, the other part of a showmance or bromance, in this case, Kenny, who is in the bromance with Andrew. Okay. There you go. Uh, there's so, your... There's your big, the beard. There's your big brother uh, archetypes. Now, do you do Amazing Race archetypes? No, because those are teams. Those are teams. Those are completely different. <laughs> Was Mark and Mallory the marriage of convenience, though? Yes, it would have been, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, who who are you rooting for on The Amazing Race? Uh, I missed uh, Sundays. I haven't watched it yet. But, uh, I, you know, it's funny. I didn't really have a favorite. I had a couple of teams I didn't like, uh, like like the Twinnies and... Uh, uh, Margie and Luke get on my nerves a lot. Um, <laughs> what yeah, are the Globetrotters? I, I, are you, I feel like uh, that goes sort of hand in hand with mascottery. Yeah, uh, I, like the globe, I like the Globetrotters. I like they don't take it too seriously. I like they always take the time to play with the kids and, and everything. I I don't love Brenchel. I like him better this season than I have in past seasons, certainly. Um, they've shown a little more humanity. Um, 
but uh, never, never been a huge fan of, of Rachel. I'm sorry. And by the way, speaking of Rachel, could they have cast on BB Canada someone who looks more like Rachel than Rochelle? <laughs> well, she has the same name. Yeah, I mean, makes it easy to remember her name in the first few weeks. She looks exactly like a Riley sister. Yeah, she does. She does have that. She doesn't have the hair color. That's, but she does have like the you know facially. She does look like Rachel Riley. Insane, insane. But yeah, I like the F animals. I liked it, Connor and Dave. I mean, I, there was no team I, I really hated going in, really, except for you know the the twenties. So I was glad when they they were out quickly. So AJ, how are you having time to watch all of this reality TV? And plus, it's fantasy baseball season now is around the corner. You have the book, the book coming up. How do you get it all done? Plus, uh, Walking Dead, you're watching. Yeah, well, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of sleepless nights uh, <laughs> catching up. No, I, you know, uh, basically, I mean, my job for ESPN right now is is uh, you know, I'm not focusing so much on the fantasy as as focusing on Rumor Central, which is uh, a column we do uh, where we try and uh you know forecast what's going to happen next in major league baseball so you know there's a lot of downtime in spring training uh once you get past like hey person a and person b are battling to play second base who do we think will win well you know until games start i actually have and all the free agent signings are over i have a little bit of time during the day to to, like catch up on like you know take 40 minutes and 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 get the slice feed you know (laughs) to watch big brother canada uh you know Nighttime, I hang with my wife and you know watch The Walking Dead, so it's all cool. And does your wife watch these reality shows with you? Uh, she watches. She watches uh, some of them with me. Uh, she's generally my wife is uh, an interior designer, and she also designs custom jewelry. And so she's usually doing a lot of uh, you know handiwork with the custom jewelry. Uh, you know, she's sitting with me when we watch. She's not necessarily paying attention to all of it. Uh, but my nine year old son is a huge fan of uh, Survivor and the and the Amazing Race. He's he he knows the geography. Geography is like has always been his thing. So when, like when they do a, go to a country, he knows the capital. He knows where they're going. Like it's it's fascinating. But he, he he's in love with that show. Yeah, well, that's fun when uh, you get the the kids involved with it. I think that that is a lot of the audience. I mean, the, these shows that, you know, Survivor and Amazing Race and to a lesser degree, Big Brother, but they're on in that eight o'clock hour. They are, you know, supposed to be shows that you can watch with your family. So it's it's a good uh, family uh, entertainment show, whereas not everything that's on TV is something you can sit and watch with your kids. Yeah, I, I'm not exactly going to be uh, allowing him to watch The Big Brother or The Walking Dead quite just yet. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but he's also he's also a huge huge fan of of, of Cosmos, which is, which is out now, which which is great. And uh, yeah, actually, uh, I had interviewed Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson for my first book, and uh, he got to meet Dr. Tyson, uh, you know, about three years ago when the book came out, and and so he he he. It's Dr. Tyson. It's Dr. Tyson. I have to watch. So it's, it's very cool that he's actually met him. You know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's cool to, to see, to watch these shows also sometimes with the, the eyes of a child. It, it's, it's, you know, it's very matter of fact and blunt a lot of times, but when you're like, well, that wasn't very nice of that team. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you, you know, morality plays a little bit different. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you uh, mentioned Cosmos because, uh, and, in that show, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is talking about how he met with uh, Carl Sagan when when he was a kid, and how Carl Sagan was was teaching. 
And I do feel like your writing style is very much of like the a teacher that a lot of times you start off a chapter in, in both of your books. I, I've found this where you start off a chapter. And it's like, well, where, where is this going? And then sort of like in a Mr. Miyagi sort of way, it bring, you bring it back to the subject matter of what you're talking about. And it's just a, a really fun uh, way to read a book, AJ. I really appreciate uh, all your writing. I I appreciate the compliment. I, that that that's great. I mean, I do try to uh, you know. I think part of part of writing a book is not just getting words on paper. It's telling a story, and I, I think you know, it's you know, tell 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 where you're going, tell how you're going to get there, tell you know, get there, and then you know, tell us where we've come from and, and where we are. I, I think it, it it's 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 you know, it's much better than trying to write you know really long sentences with a bunch of commas and apostrophes and parentheses and it just you know put big words out i do that too but it's more than that it's it, it, it's it's really like you know i want people to understand you know and and so I, I i really appreciate that that's that's it's good to hear well if you want to check out aj's new book uh, yes it's hot in here baseball season is around the corner it comes out april 15th april 15th but please you know uh pre-order it now we'd like to uh make a little uh, buzz and a little headway on on, on the charts so right. uh, you want to be buzzworthy i want to be hashtag buzzworthy <laughs> <laughs> all right so what i'm going to do i'll put a, a link up on the on the page on rob website.com and then if you're listening in the audio feed if you go to rob has a website.com slash mascot uh you can go ahead and check out uh aj's book yes it's hot in here on amazon so uh aj all the best of luck uh with the book thank you for uh being so generous with your time and coming on and i appreciate you sending me a copy uh, my pleasure sure you know I, I i consider you part of my uh greater family and so uh it, it's always always fun to come on you know uh, anytime you want and need i'm here for you aj thank you so much follow at aj mass on twitter and we'll talk to you uh when we get down to 12 people on big brother awesome all right take care aj bye All right, everybody, there you have it. That was great friend of the podcast, AJ Mass, joining us here. And I always feel like now that we got past the AJ Mass uh, 12 archetypes of the season, it's sort of like if you've ever driven from LA to Vegas, there's like a certain point you pass. It's like uh, Zizix Road where it's sort of like, okay, we are on our way to Vegas. We have gotten past the beginning part of the journey and we are almost starting to be there and i kind of feel like that's how it is with the survivor season where it's like okay ooh, the merge is around the corner and now things are really going to start getting crazy and things are really going to start shaking out soon so that's what this point is like it's the point of no return for any survivor season the 12 archetypes from aj mass okay so we got a lot here to do this week as Every week on Rob as a podcast, we have our Big Brother live recaps. Those are going to be on Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And then on Wednesday, Survivor Know-It-Alls is going to be back at its regular time, 9.15 p.m. Eastern time. And then on Thursday, I'll talk to the next person kicked off Survivor and do our big interview podcast with Marty Piombo. So hope you guys can join us live on Wednesday night for Survivor Know-It-Alls. Should be a fun episode this week. Looks like there's going to be some fireworks, definitely, from what I've seen 
in the preview. So hope you guys can join us. Make sure you're locked in for more Rob Has a Podcast. Go to robhasawebsite.com slash iTunes to subscribe or leave us feedback uh, in the iTunes store. Or for more ways to subscribe, click the podcast tab on robhasawebsite.com. Have a great day, everybody. Hope to hear from you guys in the comments and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.